One Soul Thrust, a.k.a. First, is a pure rock band based in Western Canada. The lead singer-songwriter forced to be reckoned with is my friend Salem Jones. She has one of the best female voices in rock, period. So good that Deep Purple's Glenn Hughes recorded a rare duet with her. Join us now as I ask Salem about her real life as Empress of Rock. Hello, this is Judy Rodman. You're listening to All Things Vocal Podcast. This is the audio version of the blog you can find at judyrodman.com. Salem Jones is my guest today. Her voice combines the clarity of Ann Wilson and the sass of Alice Cooper with the vocal range and power of any rocker that you wish to name. She's honed her voice carefully with years of study under several teachers, including, I'm very honored to say, me. Salem writes some of the most intelligent and creative lyrics I've ever come across. They come from a deeply intuitive, creative, and passionate combination of heart, mind, and spirit. Salem also has mastered the art of stage performance, weaving a spellcasting triumvirate of musical, lyrical, and visual threads together. Every move she makes is an intentional balance between control and holding nothing back. Her story is, like she is, unique. Salem made history being the second female singer in the world to record a duet with Glenn Hughes on the song Go Home and Melt, something she wrote. Veteran Italian producer Alessandro Del Vecchio, who has engineered and mastered hundreds of world-class Billboard chart-topping albums, including collaborations from the most sought-after rock groups in the world, has produced all One Soul Thrust's albums. You can find the band and purchase their music at onesoulthrust.com. You can join their exclusive Patreon page at the link that I'll be leaving in the show notes. Without further ado, it's my great pleasure to say welcome to All Things Vocals, Salem Jones. Hello, Judy. (laughs) All right. Listen, I want to dig right in and talk about how you came to be Salem Jones. How did you come to fall in love with rock music? And what led you to choose rock as your songwriting and performing language? I think there is a power and an energy that flows through rock that's in alignment with who I am. And, you know, what do you know of yourself? Arguably, the younger you are, the more you know who you are. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's really weird, but I think you're right. If you, well, if you go back far enough, you know, the first six months or something that you probably really know. But I I often think of uh, the concept of, of in Hindu mythology of uh, Lord Shiva, who danced the universe into being, who drums, mm, destruction, creation. You know, there's a lot of power and sound in that. And in terms of what I think was intended to come through me uh, for my writing, it, it was an excellent backdrop landscape for the message if there ever is a message Mm -hmm. so i think it was just a done deal and i mean it it moved me you know it moved me unlike anything else how long have how long have you been singing rock would you say what what age did you start really gravitating towards that genre i always was there okay always okay yeah so any of the work I did, uh, you know, in the family project, uh, which, you know, had more, you know, had different leanings, different genre leanings, 
when I was a, a kid and a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just it just didn't move me. Okay, let's talk about One Soul Thrust. First okay. of all, the reviews by rock journalists have been awesome. I know because I've read them. <laughs> your partner, Jag, is your awesome guitar player, and I mean awesome. But who else plays with you in the band? Our drummer, Todd Pretty. Uh, the three He's of been us with are, you forever, hasn't he? Yeah, since I... You know, I walked through the hallway in the studio and, it, and and the phrase One Soul Thrust came to me and I knew that was the name. Uh, Jag and I were in another project. Again, it was a project that had come through me, but I knew it had to change. And we'd started to work with Todd and the guys were saying, no, no, you know, there's a few people who are digging that band and digging that project. And, you know, so, and I'm, I'm like, it, it's got to change, man. You know, that's <laughs> I'm I'm the founder. I'm the creator. And it's telling me. It's coming through. You, you cannot stop this stuff. Yeah. Right? So, um, you know, the phrase came into my head and I went, oh, that's a beautiful name for a band. Of course, I'm coming up with band names all the time. Right. Who most, I think that's common in our business. Yeah. And um, there we were. And yes, so Todd has therefore been there since the beginning. Mm-hmm. And you've had different bass players. Who's playing Final with time. you now? <laughs> um, actually, Jag played most of the bass oh, tracks gotcha. Gotcha, layers. on our most uh-huh. recent album. But Anna Portalupi uh-huh. uh, still plays some bass. She it's played female. two tracks. She played two tracks on uh, on the last album, Slaves to the Sky, Masters to the Mess. Mm-hmm. She's played pretty much everything on the second and third album. Uh, the first album, Jag's brother, Lawrence Smallerup, who's a very well-known uh, first call session classical and jazz player mm-hmm. in Canada, in Vancouver, Canada. Uh, played on the first album so we we maintain a connection to anna you know we like her thunder anna's a professional you can fall back on her we it's also nice to have jag be able to do double duty when you're actually creating this stuff too though right to stay true to your vision yeah yeah exactly uh, you know jag and i worked through parts prior to the album through the bass parts mm-hmm. like hey like this what do you think of that blah blah um, Alessandro said that it was the best bass tone he'd ever recorded. Wow. <laughs> so here's Jag, the guitar player with his, <sighs> this amazing bass player for a brother who's, you know, was off doing his thing and he's not really a rocker though. The man can play anything. Yeah. Um, it was just interesting. It, and if they say necessity Very. is the mother of invention, well, it's the mother of creation as well in that we just simply didn't have what we needed for bass. Yeah. Anna's off doing her thing far away. It's COVID. Yes, yes, you can, you know, we made the album prior to that with her in another place. Uh, at that point, her English, you know, we first started working with Anna. She spoke only Italian. Oh. So that could be. <laughs> wow. Um, so English hadn't come together yet. You Thank know, goodness and, rock is kind of a universal language. <laughs> yeah, well, music, all music. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, it was just really great to have Jag and have it, uh, have it right here in-house. Mm-hmm. All right. Help me understand and, and us understand as all things Vocal Village, what you mean by this description that I found in your bio of the band One Soul Thrust. This band's work is elemental. It comes from the bones. It goes back to the bones with pay dirt and the kind of endurance that only that which is real can ever have. Yeah, fire and pay dirt for sure. Um, well, elements, earth, wind, air, fire. I think if we were to translate that into something less metaphorical, it would be um, a heartfelt attempt at authenticity. I hesitate to say authenticity, <laughs> you know, because who am I to say we're authentic or I'm authentic? Um, 
what comes out of us by the time it gets to us when after the initial spark of creation within us, mm-hmm. which is beyond anyone's understanding, mm-hmm. indeed, by the time it gets out there, it has gone through so many filters. How could we say it's authentic? It's it's decayed from what it originally was. So so I'm not going to say that's just saying that we are authentic. We are attempting to be as authentic and as true to what is coming through us as possible. Salem, I might be the devil's advocate here and say that with what you've done, you've taken that that element and what mm-hmm. you've done is you've magnified it magnified it a lot like the voice is magnified by resonation uh, systems because you've mm-hmm. you, you know what the message is and you know what you want to deliver you know what the response you want to be uh you've taken that in your decisions about who plays on it um the, the things that you do play and even though they're filters perhaps they're also amplifiers in more ways than than just than just volume you, you know you think that might be possible Oh, absolutely. That would be a, another way to look at it. Yes, it filters uh, specific dynamics that mm-hmm. have to um, uh, coat the delivery. It has to be there. Mm-hmm. It has to come from, we don't function on the level of the transcendent. We function down here. So we have instruments, we have ways, we have technology, we have what we see, we have the way our ears work. Mm-hmm. All of that is in mm-hmm. the physical world. So for sure. And Bringing it back to the voice, I would say that the closest thing to connecting to that spark would actually be the human voice. Mm-hmm. That is called the power of utterance, and singers have that, and singers abuse that on a daily basis. Humans abuse it on a daily basis. Yeah, it's job security for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, different. I'm talking about a different okay. kind of abuse. Yeah, that one. That's overuse and abuse, eh? <laughs> But yeah, you know, the power of the voice is incredible. Um, okay. It takes a village to make music. And it helps tremendously if the village producer knows what he's doing and can bring out the unique essence of the band and the artist who knows who she is, that being you. <laughs> How did you meet and come to work with Alessandro? Alessandro and I met on a website for professional singers. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, the same one. That is that the same one we met at, now, yeah, now defunct? Yeah. But it served yeah. its purpose, didn't it? It did. <laughs> yeah, it most certainly did. Ali had, of course, listed his, some of his uh, references in cred. And mm-hmm. uh, I saw Glenn Hughes and, you know, just connected like, hey, yeah, you worked with Glenn Hughes. You know, Glenn's voice is legendary. And we just hit it off. And uh, I've always had this internal sense that, my producer was a European producer. Hmm. I knew that mm-hmm. right from yeah, when I was a kid. I thought, I wonder, I'm just wondering. And I'm like, hey, have you considered this? And he's like, hey, let's hear some demos. And it's like, hey, hell yeah, let's do this. <laughs> right? And uh, and then when he arrived, the connection. Yeah. I and mean, he's just, I mean, he's a wonderful human being, wonderful soul anyway. But there is just some soul familia um, connection. Yeah, I was so grateful when you came to Nashville. And yeah. we got to, yeah. we got to meet him of all things. He happened to be talk about serendipitous. He happened to be yeah. here in town in Nashville doing something, and so we all got to go out to dinner, and it was wonderful to meet him. I I see what you're talking about. I can also hear it in the projects that you guys are doing. You just you found the, the match. Um, okay. Well, speaking of that, let's talk about singing with Glenn Hughes of Deep Purple. Wow. <sighs> 
Well, that could say a lot. I mean, uh, what would you like to know? The the story of of how it came to be. Uh, you know, there's there's a few uh, tentacles offshoots. Um, yeah, uh, you know, how did that come to be? Because I know there, a lot of people in the All Things Vocal Village would love to sing with the icons of their genres. <laughs> how mm-hmm. how does one come come to do that? And you've already talked about it a little bit. You met met him through Alessandra, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ellie had worked with him. Uh, and um, we were considering bringing Glenn into the city that we live in, This uh, right, for all of Canada, mm-hmm. uh, a vocal symposium, because Glenn was doing vocal symposiums at, at that time. Uh-huh. Like he was, you know, vocal seminars. Yeah. He was doing them in Europe, and they were working. And, I mean, who wouldn't want to sit there and learn from him? This will illustrate the standards up here. Tickets just weren't selling Mm -hmm. incredibly great prices you know Mm -hmm. and i'm like okay man anyway uh ali said you know what we're gonna do he said uh you and glenn are gonna sing a duet (laughs) and now again back to i'm all about the mountains Uh, you know ironically rock right i i spend as much time as i can in the mountains Mm -hmm. that's where i feel and i was in the mountains at that time jag and i were in the mountains and uh and i'm <laughs> reading this email, <laughs> and it's like, okay, this is set up. You and Glenn are going to do a duet, and I, I looked at, Jack and I, I just said, I think I got to put my head between my knees here, like, you know, that's, I'm, I'm really glad the way this worked out. So yeah, so that's what happened. We, you know, chose a couple songs, sent them to Glenn. He liked them all. Kind of decided last minute. We uh, picked him up from the airport, you know, and it was great. Like. Glenn and I hit it off very well right away. You know, he, I remember him uh, as I was driving and he was sitting beside me in a pretty small car. Guys were in the back. And um, he said, you know, I just really love your sound. You've got that San Francisco sound. And I'm like, oh, wow. wow. I, you know, I didn't know that. <laughs> I don't know if that's still true or was, that's how Glenn saw it. And I'm good. Yeah. And, um, and um you know, he loved the lyrics. Yeah. Like he said, who, who writes lyrics like this? Salem, this is wonderful. Like, you know, so loved the tune and just, he was just really at ease. And we just tracked right away, mm-hmm. you know, after we got set up at the hotel and, you know, came back to the studio and he just started to do what Glenn Hughes does. And it's, I mean, he can just, mm-hmm. and it's just great every time. And Wow. Uh, you definitely held your own on that song. So it's called Go Home and Melt. Go Home and Melt. Wow. Okay. Also, Paul Rogers of the band Bad Company uh, handed his mic to you to sing solo during a finale of one of his live shows. I mean, talk about validation from a peer in your field. Another one. What was that like? Were you surprised? I was very surprised, (laughs) Judy. We were um, at the meet and greet Uh prior to the show. And as you know me, I'm always learning. So it was... Tell me, how do you do your warm-ups? What do you do to get... Like, I literally just straight on face-to-face 
after you know paying much obeisance and respect for him you know i told him that there's just in my opinion there's just a handful of well-known rock singers worth uh, listening to to learn from and that he was one of them and so he said well you know and so we were very close face to face and he's like you know you got to start up very easy so he's so my resonators start to resonate with paul rogers resonators right in front of me like this is <laughs> and we were lucky enough to be in the front row of that show you know so he's doing rock and roll fantasy and he just leaned down and gave me his mic so <laughs> so he i must have liked her. that conversation yeah yeah and you know howard lease was in the band hearts yeah oh my gosh guitarist. Yeah. and uh you know, Jag and, and Howard had had some connection. And, of course, one of the other people worth learning from yeah. is Ann Wilson. And, of mm-hmm. course, Howard jumped up in the green room saying, well, hey, I used to work with her. I'm like, dude, we know this. Yeah, <laughs> you know? no kidding. So, you know, he was very happy on stage. Um, yeah, it um, it was really a, a beautiful gift to me, very much. There are some ways you, we can really trust that uh, to tell us if we're good meaning if we're valuable in the market that we are looking to entertain or, you know, sing for. And one way is for the, really the top people in that market to uh, say, say something like they've, they've said to you and actually collaborate with you the way they have, you know, you, you take that and run with it because that's real validation. That's not some kind of uh, blown up, press release that you make stuff up and and you put a bunch of exclamation points by. Mm -hmm. To me, that's precipitous as far as the future goes, even if there might not be that many butts and seats right now, especially with COVID's going on, to know that you are worthy of those butts and seats. I think every creative, in spite of the fact that we want to go, I don't care who likes this, I like it. The truth is, we care who likes it and we want to reach hearts that we care about, you know, that listen in our language, I think. Does that make sense? Oh, yes. Yeah. You've said several things there and they all do make sense. I was very fortunate to have have those things happen. You know, I, I walked into uh, a section of the studio when we were tracking with Glenn and Glenn and Allie were talking and and Glenn was talking about what I thought was some amazing LA session singer. And, and they were talking. They were about, talking about you. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm like, all right, you know, when Paul Rogers left the stage, he turned around and saluted <laughs> <laughs> yes, There's I'm, no amount of money in the world that will pay for that. <laughs> so it's real. <laughs> no, no, people don't have to give you those things. And when you stumble upon them and it's like, well, well, thank you for, you know, those little benchmarks, those mm-hmm. little nuggets that keep you going. It keep you going. Uh, I, I think I would still be doing what I'm doing if, if those things hadn't happened because... We got to do what we got to do. We got to do what we got to do. But there is something about that encouragement that's like, I don't know, plant food for the chiffalera over here. You know, <laughs> it's, it it feeds us. And guys in the All Things Vocal Village, I know you know what I'm talking about. We want to be true to our calling, but it's nice to know that we're calling somebody <laughs> with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, we're not just blind robocalling. Yeah, anyway, that does speak to your skills that you've honed over these years, vocal and songwriting, and your instincts for the music and putting it together. All right, Salem, after hitting those high notes, I would be completely remiss not to ask you about vocal technique. <laughs> what has been helpful to you to do what you do? And what's one of your favorite vocal exercises? 
Well, I'm going to start out by giving you a, a shout out uh, in that things started to come together for me as a vocalist in terms of technique and performance, um, particularly in the studio, because live vocal is complete, a completely different animal, as yeah. everyone knows. Yeah. Um, but after I started training with you. Oh, man. So I would yeah. The um, one of the main things is the pulling technique mm -hmm. that you teach is, um, and that's a desert island technique. <laughs> you can only have one. You gotta have that. You start yeah. pulling on that. You're you're right. Pulling instead of pushing for all that power. It's like a magic trick, isn't it? That doesn't hurt your throat. Yeah. 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 What's an exercise you warm up with? I think it's very important to know where you're at in the moment uh -huh. each day. So I I will try and just kind of, hmm, hmm, you know, hmm, it's just like idling your engine, you know, so that's very important. It's like, hmm, hmm, you're resonating. Hmm, 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 ah, I see. Okay. I have, I have a gap there. Hmm, hmm. See that? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I got to smooth over that gap. This is what's going on right now today. Um, and then lots of uh, hums and ums. I'd say you're mo. Judy's uh, vocally compressed cat. No. <laughs> it's very good. Yeah, call the cat. Yeah. Yeah, call the cat. And the bubbles? And, uh, and bubbles, absolutely. Bubbles. Yeah. yeah, bubbles. And um, I mean, that's actually um, uh, sound production. You know, everything else, uh, you know, when it come, comes into posture and, and pushing and the way you, you have, you counsel to work with tension, mm -hmm. you know, whether, whether you're, you're pulling on that. One of the things that happens, and of course you would know this, but I personally found that very interesting, is how it takes the tension away from your, your throat and your neck. Mm -hmm. The tension right? is yeah. out. Because yeah. it has somewhere to go. Right. Because it's there, right? You're, you're creating, you're like a membrane on a threshold. You're like a threshold, mm -hmm. you're saying, right? Mm -hmm. So there's two pillars and you're the threshold in between. You're, you're like a fulcrum. So that balance between the support yes. and the control. Because mm -hmm. otherwise yeah. it don't, won't get up there very often. If it does, it'll hurt you. <laughs> you know, you've mastered yeah, it. Thank you. Too cool. You'll, you'll tear something. You'll rip something if you don't do it. Counterproductive. Right. <laughs> yeah. The other thing is, that, don't you find that the better it feels when you hit those notes, the better it sounds? You know, Judy, I'm going to be your devil's advocate okay. there because that's not always the way it is for me. Like um, a lot of times it will feel really right and sound, well, hmm. <laughs> you know? What do you do about uh, it? Well, uh, you know, if it's, what would I say, if it's an album project, you yeah. know, it would be you know, if I'm in the studio with Ali or whatever, chances are he won't keep it. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. I'm a little more organic than he is, although he is, uh, I've watched him progress uh, to, to become more organic. But it's just like, does it work? You know, the age old question, does it work? Yeah. Yeah. And if it works, fine, we're going to keep it. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's really true. Sometimes when we try to be too perfect with our vocal technique, you still don't want to abuse your voice. It doesn't, you know, that's not going to come out well. But uh, but if we try to be too perfect and never allow kind of a deconstruction of vocal technique, then we sound like we're, you know, manipulating it too much or something. Sometimes the magic is in the letting go, right? If, but, I mean, do you agree with me? There's a bit of a paradox because in the letting go, there is also control. 
Absolutely. an intention to, yeah. to do it a certain way. It's, yeah, that's it. There's, there's the word intention and, mm-hmm. and the focus. Focus yeah. is another yeah. word. It's like you think of it as a fire hose, right? You got a lot of power coming in. And how are we directing it here? How are we directing it? I, yes. you know, there's actually one spot in the, in the Black Frank video, uh, in the, in the tile where I'm actually wearing the cans in front of the NTK. So I'm, you know, I'm actually, it's, it's a studio shot. And I, I see myself go, and, and it's just, I'm on, Judy's going <laughs> to just love that. Cause that's, that, you know, Judy's like, yeah. yeah. And that's exactly how I sang it every time. Yeah. Any time that we felt was a time worth keeping. So. Wow. And again, that particular spot, Judy, yeah. that was a combination of, you know, wings out, wide open. Absolutely. Nobody could have knocked my center over. I'm telling you, I was just like, you know, a mountain. Yeah. Pelvis. <laughs> you know, that one, the head back and just. Oh yeah, and it's yeah. like well, I mean that's unstoppable. Yeah, you know no, that's so cool gonna... that you said you were like a mountain because you're all about mountains anyway. You're so grounded in at the root instead of coming from here or here. You're grounded well, in your hips. You know. Yeah, I mean just think of the. I mean you know the image. The yeah. Previous man. Take us in to the making of your recently released fourth album, Slaves to the Sky, Masters to the Mess, which I understand is now also on vinyl. Indeed. It was to be released in June 2020. (laughs) (laughs) So we got it out on vinyl, limited edition vinyl. There are still a few copies, um, but uh, yeah, we released in vinyl first. The inception of that album was quite interesting because, again, the mountains. Yeah. In the mountains, mm-hmm. uh, I was in the Kootenays. I find the Canadian Kootenays a very—they're um, deep old mountains. The spirits there are angry. The mountains have been very misused, but they're also very—it's—it's it's intangible. It's—it's mm-hmm. it's palpable yet inexpressible, and all of that. But I love going there, and we were there. And a lot of my uh, times, it's like it's sort of a job. It's almost like uh, I go into a trance or something, like something just hits me. And I I knew we had to make the fourth album. I knew we had to make it. I knew we'd make it in a year, one year from that time. And I walked out and I, I said to Jag, because he's he's barbecuing on, on the, uh, the balcony. And I said, Jag, we need to make the fourth album. It's called Slaves to the Sky, Masters to oh, the Mess. Oh, wow. And I was not sure if it was masters to the mud which we 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 went back and forth between mud or mess <laughs> same thing and uh and jag's like yeah he said there is a vibe in the air right now that feels like the first album i said yeah it's like the first album because there was a real you know you can't beat that when at, you're at the beginning of any project and i texted todd mm-hmm. and he's like yeah because you know they just wait for me to say this is how we're doing what we're doing I texted Alessandro and I'm like, can you make it happen? Absolutely. We have some 20 days. We're going to do it, Bob, of 20 days. He never books enough time for us. Like we make albums in 10 or 11 days. It's oh often. My, oh do my know. gosh. Yeah. Yeah. You know what happened? It was, we made the first one that way. So he thinks they should all be made that <laughs> way. Yeah. We couldn't do that with the second one. But yeah. so, yeah, it was like, yeah, we're going to do it. So we recorded then the uh, summer. August 2019 with the release to be in 2020. And of course, welcome to the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> the world changing. Yeah. And so the, the first single off of that album was Golden Souls. And we released it within, we released it toward the end of March. Um, 
the pandemic hit, the lockdown came in February and I went into almost like talk about a message frenzy. It was like Golden Souls is about souls who come to earth at a time of incredible crisis to lead us forward. And they just wanted that song out there. Of course, we're all isolated from each other, except Jag and I mm-hmm. live together. And uh, so we had Todd cut, let's just do it raw, cut some footage. We did some raw footage in-house, out on the street. You know, we just put it together. The whole thing was done in a, just a few days. And so we released that. <laughs> the uh, video. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And then we, of course, just have just released the second single on video, Black Frank. Talk about how you <laughs> did your vocals. I mean, incredible vocals on top of, was it a cold or something like upper respiratory thing, right? Right. Okay. It wasn't COVID. It was. No, yeah, no, no. God. You mean for this album? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Right. Todd came in. Oh man, he did a great job. Again, Todd's our drummer mm-hmm. and he nailed his tracks in two days. I'm also a performance coach, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm in there with him and, you know, and he's got pain in his forearms. So, okay. All right. And, you know, I've got all the proper oils and stuff. So we're doing things and we're, we got this brother and so on. So like a fool, that was a foolish thing to do. Everyone, if you're listening, do not touch your drummer <laughs> during his sessions. Do not touch anyone because your pores, their pores, their yeah, sweat. You don't know what they got. Exactly. And uh, he woke up in the middle of the night after his first day of tracking and he was sick and he came in and he tracked sick. He was really sick oh, and finished on the second day. And so we're all like, okay, <laughs> wonder what that means. And we were pumped and ready to go one day of vocals on the third day. Yeah. And we were moving into, I think it was the second, second or third day. And I'm like, holy, holy. <laughs> okay. It's, it's coming. And no problem. You know, you just got to relax into it. I'm extremely self-healed, so to speak. So, um, that's amazing that you were able to do that. Most yeah, people yeah, so would it, have just dive bombed under the covers and you know depressed and Alessandro had to be in Norway for a gig with Yorns. Uh, like right uh, after uh, us. Like, so there wasn't we any putting it off. It was, no, we weren't we don't all live in Milan and you know we I, we couldn't do it. It had to get done. Yeah. Plus on the second album, I got sick. You know the storm at the beginning of us trying to make the second mm-hmm. album. And one of the things happened was I got sick, too sick. So it's like, no, no, sorry, you're not going to get me again. <laughs> so, And you nailed it. You absolutely, Alessandro, from what I remember you talking about, was really surprised that you were able to do what you did. And, and it, I don't know, sometimes a cold, if you don't have true laryngitis, you know, where the vocal cords and the, and the instrument is infected, um, you can actually just add resonance to it. But you do have mm-hmm. to be careful. And uh, somehow you made it work. Um, all right, let's talk about the A word, authenticity. And that word, yes, is overused. But just like the word love, which is also overused, the real meaning of it is incredibly powerful and incredibly necessary. How important is integrity and authenticity in music to you? And I understand that you've chosen a different kind of marketing and promotion strategy that kind of mirrors that and feels authentic to you. Hmm. Well, it's everything in everything, Judy. At the end of your life, you're going to pass over and move on. And you, you, you know, you got to balance the, the scale, so to speak. So if you've not been that, that's there. 
you're going to know it. You know, deep down, you're going to know it. And at that time, you're going to, let's say, look in the mirror, you know, stand at the fulcrum and go, what did I do? You know, in that situation, what did I do? You know, what was my goal? Yeah. What was I thinking about? Oh, I was thinking about me there. I was, <laughs> you know, what, what was I, you know, you just, there's nothing else but authenticity and integrity. And again, as I said at the beginning, authenticity, it's something I can't, I would never say I have. It's something I strive for at mm -hmm. all times. That if the filters are, you know, I've heard a, a chord progression somewhere and it's somewhere in my brain. So somehow it filters into what I'm doing. That's an authentic situation. I'm not uh, turning around and attempting to take somebody else's work and make it mine. Yeah. You know? And as for marketing, you know, we're, we're in a really unique and lucky position. And we're a veteran band. We've been around a while. Jag and I toured, you know, that whole 10,000 hours cliche. I'm sure we did a lot more than 10,000, wow. you know, back yeah. in the day. Lots of touring. You know, so we, we got our yayas out in that. But you know what? That shows in the little video that you did with him, the pandemic video where it was just the two of you uh, playing and you singing. Oh, yeah, it's very evident in there. Like, this is not the first time you guys have been on stage together. So, yeah, there's that. <laughs> well, not together and, and separate as well. Yeah. You know, it's just, uh, yeah. you know, we, we were lucky to come up in a time when you could really tour that and really get your chops together that mm -hmm. way. Uh, you know, we're lucky. We've already done it. I've been in the music industry since I can remember. My mother was an agent. Ah. And what I have found, um, and I say this with a, with a great deal of respect, is that the industry is a plastic world filled with fractured people. Mm -hmm. I just have no desire to work with people like that. And everybody in the industry is after two things. First of all, greed, massive greed the head of these corporations and they actually want what we have. They want what the artist has mm -hmm. deep down. They want to be us, you know, many wild forays with management, you know, we've all got the stories mm -hmm. and, and where we're at right now, you know, you're not going to push a project or a single or anything, an album, anything, a show, Unless you have your management in place, your publicists in place, you know how many mm -hmm. hundreds of people it takes to get it out mm -hmm. there, right? Thousands, if you're bigger, right? And it's uh, the industry's very much become uh, a world of celebrities, mm -hmm. and uh, it's celebrity blind people, celebrity blind people wanting to be in the industry. They'll they'll put up with all manner of gaslighting and abuse just to do their thing. Mm -hmm. And you know what? You actually don't have to put up with that to do your thing. Mm -hmm. Right. So, yes, I thoroughly yeah. believe in raising your visibility and that in the words of Seth Godin, who's one of my favorite marketers, then selling is a holy art because you're actually making yourself visible to people who need you, who can benefit, whose lives can benefit from hearing your music and watching your shows. So increasing your visibility, that's one thing. And then those people that help you do that should be paid. But there needs to be a win-win and a transparency in the, uh, in the relationship. And I think it's real important for all of us to kind of find that situation in whatever way, you know, some people are really comfortable doing TikTok videos and Instagram videos and YouTube shorts, things like that. It's fun. Like, it's fun for me to do this podcast. It's a way that I can raise my visibility and that of yours. But it needs to be win-win 
And the bottom line needs to not be money. The bottom line needs to be make the world a better place. And then the money happens because you're valuable. But I'm with you on the creepy, let's see how much we can take the other four. So you've found your way of doing this and feeling right about it. This Patreon page, that's that's pretty cool that you, you've got that going. Tell us about that a little bit. Oh, well, I think it's a basic Patreon page. I mean, Patreon is a, a boon to many artists. It's interesting because way, way back, way before One Soul Thrust, in this this other project that I mentioned mm-hmm. that Jag and I were in, of course, I'm classically trained. I trained on classical piano when I was young. So in studying the classical composers mm-hmm. back in the day, they had patrons. Yep. And so I literally, to finance the first album of that project, I created patrons. Huh. I sent out letters to people who whom I knew were somewhat interested in what we were doing and asked them to spread the word. And we... I gathered investment for that first album in that way. And at that time, people were going, wow, what a unique (laughs) thing to do, right? So then, you know, Kickstarter comes up and Patreon comes up, you know, all of a sudden, fast forward to today. For us, it's necessary because, you know, back to uh, the people who are taking advantage of the work and of the artists, we get paid pennies for streams, Mm -hmm. right? So the patrons are gifts, you know, without Patreon, we would have a lot of trouble continuing. Mm-hmm. Guys, I'll leave the link to their Patreon page in the notes, and you'll have to look for that. Okay, the last thing I want to talk about is this, Salem. One of the many things that I've come to love about you, and I've known you, we, we have, guys, we have Skype tea, we call it, except it's Zoom tea now, right? Uh, off and on, and we've been doing that for years, just touching base on things. But uh, mm-hmm. one of the things I've come to love about you is the way you live your life with excellence. You are as real a rocker as they come. Tattoos, leather clothes, boots, uh, the whole bit, you know, the whole thing. Yet you don't do drugs, get drunk and party all night. You mm-hmm. could talk all night, but not party all night, right? <laughs> you yeah. Instead, you have chosen to become a warrior, literally. You've taken up high-performance physical training and studied physical combat, but even more, you keep digging around for what is good and real and worth writing and singing about. Talk to me about women warriors and why the world needs them. Ooh. Well, just to strike strike the balance, the pendulum has swung very far. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and really, let me just qualify that, that it is an act of war in this day and age for a woman to be a stay-at-home mom. You know, mm-hmm. they, what women need to do, in my opinion, is listen to their internal voices, mm-hmm. be true to those voices, understand, yes, we're living with the toxic masculine, I, the patriarchy is in full-blown rage mode, um, and do not buy into that do not become that because we can end up i i know that from saying combat uh studying mostly with men i work mostly with men like rock mm-hmm. right sure you know we can become like that do not lose the divine feminine within you mm-hmm. and gather with other women circle with other women support each other yeah. that's that's the way of the woman warrior yeah, she can turn around and stick a spear in your eye if she wants. <laughs> right? But the main thing we can do is we can gather. I love and that. When, yeah, when women circle, when we support each other, we're unstoppable. 
We really, really are. And the patriarchy pits us against each other. And no need at all, because Mm -mm. each one of us is absolutely unique. Even if you've got the same amount of notes, trust me, two people don't sing them the same way. (laughs) There is no competition with originality. No. Yeah. And, and, you know, and recognize that. For me, when I see another woman who is just expressing so well, it's like, wow. Yeah. That's just, oh, she's amazing. You've always been that way. Yeah. And how do you do this? And how do you do that? How do you do? (laughs) (laughs) And how do you do that? Yeah. Let's, let's, you know, I want to learn from that woman. Yeah. Right. Well, what is going on now and what is next for One Soul Thrust? Right now, we just released the Black Frank Ah, video single. Oh, that was a wild video you did on that. I'll leave a link to it in the show notes. (laughs) Yeah, that was fun. Mm -hmm. That one, uh, again, another isolation video. And uh, we're completely in-house. We edit. Jag and I do everything in terms of of, our videos, right? Mm -hmm. So I tend to be the creative thrust on that, and Jag's pushing the buttons. I'm like, I need to see this. I want to see that. Let's can. How can we do that? And and how could we take something that had so many different takes that were almost exactly the same and make them look different? And it just, it was like Final Cut Pro was talking in my ear. It was really good. So <laughs> I enjoyed making that video a great deal. Um, as for what's coming next for One Soul Thrust, um, I do not know. We are currently deep. This is a very quiet time. Mm-hmm. Quiet times are very underrated. Very necessary. I agree with you. Like the dormant the season. season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Winter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hibernation. When you're not beholden to anyone, if they're not 24-7, baby, you know, we're on the clock here, you got a big advance, et cetera, et cetera. You can really, when you are living as a, a true artist to the best of your ability, you can listen to that. You can go, okay, my mouth is shut right now. And my mouth has been is shut right now. And there have been different times in my life. Like, for example, when I, I had my daughter, you young, you know, mom, you got to be... I went through a few years of a lot of silence. And then, you know, you don't know. It's easy to think, is that done? I don't know. I'm, I'm doing this now. This is, you know, understanding creation and so many different aspects of it and so many different um, eggs in front of you, right? But when I came back, it was like, and every touring musician knows that. You come home after six months, you put your instrument down, you don't look at it because you're tired of it. Yeah. Yeah. And you come back, if it's a week later, if it's two weeks, if it's two months, six, whatever it is, you come back and it's like you've been practicing 10 hours a day. You you actually integrate and you go to another level. So I don't fear these times. I don't do not fear the dark. You know, I, I think that's really, impo- really important to stress to everybody because the industry and the voices of fear will tell you, Oh, you got to get this in the next, if you don't get signed record deal, if you don't have a number one record in the next six months, you should go die. (laughs) And it's visceral like that. And there's so much fear of people coming out of college thinking they're too old to succeed in music. Duh. So the older I get, I'm a lot older than you, but the older I get, the more unlimited I feel, except in a couple of joints. But I see that. And to, to have you, a rocker, say, you can be still, you can breathe, you can not know what exactly is next and be peaceful about it and just know, as long as you're breathing, there is a next. There is a next. I think that's mm-hmm. incredible. What a great message to give everybody. Well, as a performance coach, I 
tell people the way you think of rest is when I rest, I am regenerating and rejuvenating mm-hmm. for my next move. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, just, just think about DNA for heaven's sakes. Just think about the flow of the universe. Things aren't going <laughs> all the time. You know, that's a bad thing. Nobody wants to even hear that. For God's sakes, change keys, volume, please. <laughs> you know, something. Yeah. You know, let's have some dynamics. Yeah. It's the dynamics of a human life. It's the dynamics of an artist's life. Right. All right. Salem Jones, thank you so much for being with us. Everybody find them at onesoulthrust.com. One O-N-E. One soul thrust.com. And I'll leave the rest of the Patreon links and other links in the show notes. Look for those. Salem, thank you so much for being with me today and for sharing your insight and your wisdom to the village that we call All Things Vocal. And it's my pleasure. Thank you for letting me be a part of it. <laughs> I hope that whatever genre of music is your cup of tea, that you've gleaned some food for thought from my interview here with Salem Jones. Look for One Soul Thrust's Patreon link in the show notes. If you'd like to feed this podcast, please give it your rating and review. And thank you. This is Judy Rodman of JudyRodman.com. See you next time for All Things Vocal, the podcast for singers, speakers, vocal coaches, and studio producers.